Welcome to Know Your Risk Radio on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Know Your Risk Radio is hosted by Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Know Your Risk Radio is brought to you by Bulwark Capital, helping families navigate the ever-changing and often volatile markets. Know Your Risk Radio starts now. Here's your host, Zach Abraham. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another of the most scintillating hours in finance radio. We're here trying to make some sense of all this insanity. We're getting told it's a great economy, yet we're still getting crushed in prices. We're told it's big time growth. Sure doesn't feel like it. You know, kind of. You know, it kind of feels like. It feels like, did your moms ever do that deal with you when you were a kid? They're like, oh, we're making this new thing tonight. It's healthy, but you're going to love it, right? You're going to love it. Talk it up, you know, and you almost, you know, in the back of your mind as a kid, you're like, healthy isn't good. It just isn't, right? But you kind of let, you're going along with, you're trying to be positive, right? You're trying to support mom. You sit down at the dinner, tastes like sawdust, Mom's in these, you're having to drink the water, right? You got to wash every single bite down. It's getting stuck in the back of your throat. That's kind of what this economy feels kind of like they're just telling, hey, it's going to make you feel good, right? It's so good if we say it enough, right? If we just say it enough, it'll feel good, but it doesn't, right? It's crazy times. So as always, we're going to try to make some sense of it. But the thing that we're going to focus on the most today is like I said, I think we're in a very unique spot. So to that end, we had a great interview today. And because we're focusing on Fed policy and because I think what the Fed has announced. Now, you're not going to – you probably didn't hear about it this week. Probably didn't make the news that you're listening to. But I think it's a very, very, very important thing that they said because it's something that we've been watching for for a year. And when you when, when you listen to the historical comp that we're going to throw on this, you'll understand why we think this is the most important thing. So today, we're going to discuss some other things. The market update, we'll discuss earnings, all that kind of stuff. But it's really going to be centered around Fed policy and where we're going from here for reasons I'm going to explain. So to have to, – to, 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 to that aim, we had on Mr. Rudy Havenstein, which is, a, which is a fake name. It's a guy that I ran into on Twitter. He's got a ton of followers. And he's just a really good guy. And the reason I really like talking to Rudy is because he is as well-versed on Fed policy. Maybe not like the, the, the hard wonky side of it, right? The formulation of, but, but when it comes to understand Fed, Fed policy and the interplay it has with markets and the financial system and consumers, right? The way Fed policy relates to the rest of us, Right. Not the way it sounds on CNBC or in a congressional hearing, but how it interplays. I think he's one of the experts on it. If he hears me call him an expert, he shies away from it. But I think that's what makes his opinion valuable is that he's not weighted down by years and years of dogma from getting his PhD in economics from Harvard. Right? He's a very smart, successful guy, but self-taught. And I always value those people's opinions because they learn differently. They learn from the outside looking in. They're not trained via the dogma, right? They're open to more possibilities. Outsiders, right? Think of the big short. Remember, they talk about that in the book, how it was the outsiders that saw it because they weren't weighted down by all that bureaucracy and dogma. And I think that's what makes Rudy's opinion so great. And it's, it's a pseudonym. Rudy Havenstein was the name of the guy that led the Reichsbank in the 20s that that saw the whole Weimar Republic, right? The hyperinflation episode. So it's kind of it's kind of a joke there. Um, but no, just a great guy to have this discussion with. So that's going to be the interview today. We're not going to air any of it on the show. But for those of you that get mad, the interview is free too. We don't have anything behind a paywall. So if you subscribe or listen to the podcast, wherever you get it, just pull it up and you'll see Rudy Havenstein right there. And you click on that, listen to the interview. And the reason I'm not going to air it on the show today, I would love to, but, um, you know, I'm not one of these people that thinks the world cannot keep turning without me. Um, I know that I'm not important. I know I'm not a celebrity, um, but I am very passionate about arming regular people. And by regular, what I mean is smart, hardworking, good people that don't do this for a living. So don't know how bad they're getting jobbed. Right? I came from a middle-class family. 
My parents don't have college degrees, but very smart, hardworking people that raised us to be good people and to look out for others, especially when you get a leg up, right? Um, and I'm uh, one of the passions of this job is, and one of the passions of me doing the show, I get excited for it every week. It's to arm people with the information, right? Arm them with the stuff that they're not going to hear on the news. So even if they don't become clients of ours, and I really mean that, I really mean that. I'm such a huge believer in do the right thing. The business side will take care of itself. Why? Not because somebody told me because I've seen it work. And I'm not saying we're always going to be right. And I'm going to tell you that. But but what I do think is that we can educate and arm with information, right? I, I look at the world today, especially here in the United States and our culture, and so many of the problems, in my opinion, are people just believing a bunch of things that just aren't accurate, right? For instance, if the average man out there understood a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about, the way that he viewed our society, our economy, our politicians, and and probably his own financial future would be far different. His enemies would be different. His allies would be different, right? Because the reality of what is happening, what is occurring, and I think we all know this. I think if there's any benefit to COVID, it pulled... I mean, I think a lot of us knew this already, but but it pulled the curtain back for a lot of people and said, oh, hey, when 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 they think it is required, they, right, have no problem lying through their teeth, especially if those lies benefit them. Now, I think a lot of us, probably a lot of people listening to this show are like, you just figured that out. No, and I get that. No, we didn't just figure that out. What I'm saying is I think one of the advantages for those of us that, are, in my opinion, are fighting on the right side of things, one of the advantages is I think that the soil is more fertile. I think that people are more prepared to hear the truth because they just had such a, 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 a rigged game run on them, right, through the whole COVID thing. So I really want to illuminate that because I really see the Fed as being – just as much to blame and enablers of what DC has done and the mess that they've put this country in, the mess that they put our financials, our balance sheet, right? The inflation, all that kind of stuff. So Rudy's the perfect guy to have that conversation and we're going to be hitting on it too. We're going to talk in the next segment after the market update, we're going to talk about comments from a, he's not at the Fed now, but very much in uh, Fed insider. I think he was the lead economics super, uh, um, lead economic advisor for the Obama administration, Austin Goolsby. He made some really interesting comments that, again, just got completely washed over, completely ignored. And um, I think it's, in my opinion, I think it could be one of the most important things anybody has said regarding interest rate policy and monetary policy in the last year. Um, you know, and of course, it's, it's nobody's really talking about or reporting it, as frustrating as that is. And then I've got to reiterate because it keeps coming up again. And I'm titling this a mission of mercy. And one of the reasons I'm, I'm doing this again is because of our new stations down in Texas. I, they probably haven't heard me go off on this, but again, these are things everybody needs to know. I keep hearing people still being talking about dollar collapse, dollar collapse, dollar collapse. Okay. The dollar can go up. The dollar can go down. The biggest fear you have is not a dollar collapse. Okay. And I'm going to explain to you why. And just so you know, I'm not saying it for the same reason the people on TV are saying it. Okay. I, I think that what we're doing is insanity. I think that what we're doing is the height of financial irresponsibility. But as listeners of this show realize, there are the way things work as it relates to when this goes up, this goes down. But one of the really important things I think people overlook about the financial system and markets in general is what we refer to as the plumbing right? Like how a system is built has a very big impact on what it produces and the things that it hits. And people need to understand the global monetary system because there's this illusion out there that we're the world reserve currency. And just like other currencies that spend too much, ours will crash. Truth be told, I think the world and our country would be a better place if that was the case but it is not. And I want to explain it to you. And I think this is really important because in crazy times like this, I think one of the most important things is that we know what the most important things are. 
and that we focus on the things that actually matter, right? A good filter is just as good, just as valuable, if not more than actually good information, right? The ability to screen out garbage is just as valuable as finding good stuff. And, and to do that, we've got to be armed with the truth and understand exactly what's happening. So we're going to discuss that as well. And then we're all, the final one is that, and, and you'll kind of see where this is leading, but the final segment is going to be navigating a bubble. And people are like, yeah, it's been crazy. Eh, could get a lot crazier. Okay, so we're going to lay down some rules for navigating a bubble. So anyway, let's get into the market update though. Um, what's going on this week? I think the most significant thing that happened this week, in our opinion, are the comments by Austin Goolsby, which we will get into in the next segment. But other than that, what is happening this week? Not a whole lot in markets, a lot of disparate action, meaning, you know, you have the tech names being really strong, but Meg 7 has really slowed down, which is starting to kind of reflect what we were talking about, meaning I think where markets were in a place where these companies ran so far out ahead. I don't know if they're going to keep going up because they, they, you know, they're in pretty rarefied air as far as valuations go. But when you see, you know, one group of stocks go like that and really not much participates, which is kind of the story last year, not kind of was the story last year. Usually two, one of two things has to happen. Usually those, those stocks eventually have to come back to the pack or the pack's got to catch up. At the moment right now, what are we at? Six weeks into the new year. It sort of looks like the rest of the pack is attempting a comeback. You still have stuff in tech just going crazy, you know, to name a few. You got SMCI, Super Microcomputer. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. We were looking at this stock about a year ago, sub 100. I don't know a ton about it. We passed on it, of course. <laughs> um. Well, actually, we've owned it in our momentum portfolio several times. Um, and I think we still own some. I mean, our momentum portfolio has been taking profit on this thing because it keeps going up, geez, like, you know, 10 to 13% a day or something like that. Um, you know, NVIDIA story, we all know that just continues to go up. That's just breathtaking. And 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 for people out there, I'm not t- just, if you're all loaded up in Bitcoin or, or, or NVIDIA guys, take profits. I'm not telling you to sell the whole thing, especially if you own it super cheap. Great company. But I will continue to say, look, up, down, I don't know on NVIDIA. What I do know is that when something gets that far out there, and we've been saying this a lot, it's just to me, it's uninvestable. Meaning if you have a company that large, that's trading at 30, 40 times revenue, I'm not going to tell you to bet against it. I'm not going to, it's uninvestable. And the reason it's uninvestable to me, but by definition, when a company that large is trading that expensive, you're baking into the price so many years of performance. And, and if you think about it over a 10-year period of time, one little change to that could drastically alter what the end result looks like. And that's why you have these value-related crashes because things just go out too far. And then they become uninvestable, meaning it's just, hey, maybe it goes up, maybe it goes down. I don't know because how do I run that? I mean, 40 times, think about that 40 times, not profit, 40 times revenue. But this is what bubbles look like, guys. For those of you that didn't live through the dot-com bubble, this is what it looks like. People are like, it's a great company. I know it's a great company. That, that's the other thing people need to understand about bubbles. They always have a kernel of truth, right? The nucleus is usually solid. The problem is, is that it gets extrapolated out too far and you just get valuations that can't sustain themselves. And eventually the market care place cares about cash flows and dividends and, and, and valuations again. When will that happen? I had no clue. But I do think we're close to knowing. And we're going to talk about that more. Another interesting tell. Now, it didn't follow through today. But if you haven't noticed, everybody is getting involved in the AI play. Even companies that have absolutely no relationship to it. Even companies that at best case scenario might have 3 to 5% of their revenue stream exposed to, some, you know, to something via AI. And yet every company is going to come out in their earnings call and reference it. Apple the other day came out. It wasn't even their earnings call. It came out and said, we're developing a, uh... now think how big Apple is, right? We're talking about $3.2 trillion. They said something of the fact we're developing an AI tool that can be used 
I internally, I, I can't even. Is it just something? It was yesterday, I want to say. And just off that announcement, just saying they're doing something with AI, not a product that they're releasing, just doing something with AI. Apple stock went up. I think, don't quote me, but it had something like a 1% rally or one and one and a quarter percent rally or something, one and a half percent rally in like the immediate 15 minutes after they made that announcement. And you go do the math on that and it's like $45 billion of market cap they added to their stock by just saying AI. So when you hear people say you can't spot a bubble, it's ridiculous. You absolutely can what is impossible to spot is when it stops and why because it's because bubbles are run on emotions it's all driven by fomo and greed right and and so when you and i've tried to explain this when you become detached from from fundamentals there's really nothing tethering you to the ground it's just basically it ends when it ends and when you have central banks seemingly fueling the fire i think you have to be very careful about you know, predicting or, or calling an end to these things because that's one of the things about bubbles. They always go further than you think. And then when they correct, they correct harder than anybody thinks, right? And that's just kind of, that's kind of the way it works. We got to take a quick break. We're up against time. Anyway, if you don't have a risk management strategy, give us a call, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. If you don't want to call us, you can always email in. We can do email correspondence, but there's a better way, guys. Take the the three minutes it takes to call us and educate yourselves. Educate yourselves on how we're lowering fees, improving performance, improving upside, and drastically lowering risk. It's going to be worth your time. Anyway, we'll be right back. Stick with us through the break. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach discuss key investment strategies across several asset classes, not just stocks and bonds. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. How many times in recent memory has your financial advisor not reacted to current events and also not made a change in your investment portfolio? Now, think about all the volatile events during that time that have threatened your retirement. That's Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Todd, we talk about it all the time. Risk management. It's our number one focus. We actively manage every portfolio daily, looking for opportunities to lower risk, lower cost, and give you as much upside as possible. Let us show you how Bulwark's risk management strategy can protect that retirement you've worked so hard for. This is exactly why you need Zach and Bulwark Capital in your corner. You only get one retirement. Learn how Bulwark does it with their free common sense investing guide. Call 866-779-RISK or simply go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Tech Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you so much for being with us and sticking with us. At this point right now, I I think that that focus, right, on bubbles and Fed interplay, to me is the most important thing to be looking at in financial markets right now. I don't even think the I don't even think it's about recession or non-recession. And the reason I say that is you can have a recession this year, you could not have a recession this year. We may not even know the difference. You know, for instance, if if our if hours worked, which hours worked, despite the strong unemployment numbers, hours worked are at levels that have been consistent with the last three recessions, the beginning of the last three recessions. And we have so much of that, that juxtaposed, right? But when you have government spending this much, you could have the economy go into what's really, you know, let's say the unemployment rate goes from 3.6 to 4.5 or 5, right? Let's say hourly wages keep dropping. Let's say, you know, car loan delinquencies stay pretty robust. Consumer spending stalls out, right? All those, that's a recession, right? That's a recession, The problem is I think it's highly likely it won't be seen as such or reported as such because I don't know if I, you know, at this point it doesn't look like that's enough 
to drown out the unbelievable levels of money that were being printed and pushed into the market, right? And so I think what you got is kind of a tug of war between natural economic momentum, right? And then just the unbelievable flood of money that's still pouring into the system. And I just think that's the most important thing right now, right? We, we talk about fundamentals, but we know they don't matter. So let's focus on what does. Flows, liquidity, interest rates, Fed policy, because I really do believe that that is going to be the absolute story of the next 12 to 18 months. And we'll start explaining that a little bit in the next segment. So as always, guys, all about risk management, all about trying to protect our clients from what we think are rough times coming. Um either way, right? Via inflation or via crashes and all the other kind of wild stuff that I think that this craziness that we're engaged in is going to result in. When will that happen? Me nor anybody know. If somebody tells you they know or what it's going to look like or this, even if they get it right, don't listen to them, right? And the reason I say that is everybody is guessing because we've never been here before. The only thing is certain is that nobody knows exactly what's going on or how it ends. And if that, if that, if that worries you, if you, if you hear that and you recognize that and you take that, you know, you internalize that and you're like, you know what, that's, that's true. If you're sitting there going, look, I I know there's all this craziness going on and life has taught me that eventually the outputs equal the inputs. And what worries me is the inputs aren't good. Yet at the same time, I know I need to be invested because inflation's a real threat. How do we do that? How do we protect ourselves from inflation? but also protect ourselves from the potential of this thing coming unraveled at any moment. Risk management, guys, that's what we do. We can actually build you a portfolio. No, not all the time, right? We don't beat the market every year. I'm not saying that, but we can absolutely build you a portfolio that gives you more upside potential, significantly downside, more, less downside, downside risk, and the potential to hang in there with zero to minimal losses in a really bad market downturn. The ability to not be exposed to enough risk that could ruin you, but still keep up with a market if it's running away in a bubble. Right? It's what you need, risk management. And if that resonates with you, give us a call, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. But before we go, guys, quick note here. With where the markets have been recently, the most common concern we're hearing from people that we're talking to right now, from people like you, It's just the need to lower risk in their portfolio. I think a lot of what we're talking is resonating and they see this, right? Risk management is our focus at Bulwark Capital. That's what we are all about, okay? We can lower your fees, drastically reduce your risk, build you a portfolio where I can look at you and go, hey, you're not gonna be ruined. You don't have enough risk on the table. You're gonna be fine no matter what the economic outcome is. And by the way, there's also a lot more upside, right? Give us a call and find out how we can help lower the risk in your portfolio without, with increasing upside potential, okay, by using our risk management strategy. So call us now at 866-779-RISK. Again, that's 866-779-RISK. Guys, COVID collapse, market down 36.5, our average client down 5.5. Last year, NASDAQ down 33, S&P down 21, bonds down 20 to 30, our average client portfolio down (coughs) 5.5. The previous year... Market was up 20 plus. Our average client was up 16 to 17. But my whole point is this, that protection does not need to cost you. Okay, call us 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach uncover the truth about the financial markets with simple and honest advice to help you plan for retirement. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. How many times in recent memory has your financial advisor not reacted to current events and also not made a change in your investment portfolio? Now, think about all the volatile events during that time that have threatened your retirement. That's Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Todd, we talk about it all the time, risk management. It's our number one focus. We actively manage every portfolio daily, looking for opportunities to lower risk, lower cost, and give you as much upside as possible. 
Let us show you how Bulwark's risk management strategy can protect that retirement you've worked so hard for. This is exactly why you need Zach and Bulwark Capital in your corner. You only get one retirement. Learn how Bulwark does it with their free common sense investing guide. Call 866-779-RISK or simply go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Tech Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you for sticking with us. All right, just going to jump right into this. <clears throat> so if you guys have been listening to the show, and for those of you that haven't, obviously our folks in Texas, our new friends down there in Texas, I got to get down. As a matter of fact, I'm making my first trip to Austin here uh, pretty quick. No, I'm not going down to talk to Joe Rogan. That'd be fun, though. Hooking up with my good buddy, Dimitri Kafinas. He's having a little get-together for his, uh, for his uh, the people that subscribe to his Hidden Forces podcast deal, and he's kind enough to invite me in. The wife and I have never been. I've, I, I've been through Texas. I haven't spent – oh, no, that's not true. I've spent some time in Dallas. Um, but, yeah, I've never been to Austin, and I'm jacked to get down there, so we'll be down there in Texas with you folks. But you, you guys haven't heard me – talking about this for the last year. So right about the time, about a year ago, well, actually it was about 10 months ago, right when the regional banks started blowing up, one of the things that the Federal Reserve did was instituted the BTFP or the bank term funding plan. Okay. And they put 350 billion in that thing. And what that allowed the banks to do, the banks were getting shelled by interest rates going up, right? Because what do banks own, right? The number one asset that banks own are bonds. When interest rates go up, bonds get slaughtered. And those bonds are the bank's capital, right? And banks have to have as much capital on hand as the pot, right? They got to balance that out constantly. And if their asset base drops too much, they can be in serious trouble and get shut down by the FDIC, right? So the bank term funding plan once again, we're not going to address the fact that risk managers at these banks were asleep at the wheel. We're not going to address the fact that 15 years of zero interest rate policy was probably why they were asleep at the wheel. We're not going to do any of that. We're just going to throw $350 billion in a pot and let them sell us the bonds at par, meaning we will let them sell us the bonds that they bought at a better or equal price to what they paid for them, regardless of the fact that those bonds are down 30 or 40%. That's what they did. So, so they literally put that money in there and they said, hey, you guys were idiots with your balance sheet. You didn't hedge your interest rate risk and now your bonds are down 40% and have blown a hole in your capital structure. And you're on the verge of insolvency. So what we're going to do, we're not going to teach you lessons. We're not going to make you fire your risk managers. We're going to print $350 billion and we will buy those bonds back from you at or at, at or even at a higher price than you paid for them because we're going to pay par, meaning we'll pay the price, the thousand bucks. If you bought that bond at nine at, at 90 cents or, or at 90, right? Maybe you, maybe you bought it when interest rates went up a little bit and you're still down 30% on the thing. Not only will you get your money back, you can get a profit. That's what we did. And one of the things that we were arguing at that time was there are two things, there are two sides to this, right? I believe, and I think there's a ton of information that backs us up and a ton of data that backs us up. But I think one of the reasons, one of the primary reasons that interest rates are used to slow down an economy and slow down inflation is because they soak liquidity up. What do I mean by that? Well, think about your own lives. And maybe you haven't done this, but I know that we have with our clients. We didn't own any bonds going into 2022. Why? Because interest rates were at zero and there was inflation and the Fed said they were going to raise. <laughs> and that's another thing, guys. If you're paying somebody to manage your money and you sit there and took the bond hit on the chin, um, I'm not saying you need to come to us. What I am saying is that you shouldn't be paying an, a, a money management or advisory fee if somebody didn't hedge that at all or didn't sell it down or something. And why do I say that? It's because it was the easiest bullet to dodge in history. 
You'd had 0% interest rates for 15 years. And the Fed said inflation is getting too ramped up and we got to raise rates, which means what? Bonds are going to go down. People are like, no, rates go down, rates go up. It makes the stock market go down and bonds go up on the stock. Not when the stock market's going down because of higher rates. Right? The bonds go up when stocks go down historically because there's a flight to safety. When the problem is the economy running too hot and inflation, that relationship doesn't work. So getting back to what I was saying, a year ago, we were watching them roll out this BTFP and we're going, good golly, these guys are going to undo the interest rate cuts that they already use. Because remember, we were saying that, and why do interest rates lose liquidity? I, 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 I digress, I, or I rem, I'm remiss if I don't finish this thought. One of, the, one of the ways that they reduce liquidity, and many of you have probably seen it in your own lives, when, when bonds go from paying us nothing to five, it should, again, I think this is a good indicator of whether you're getting bang for your buck out of your advisory fund. When Fed funds rate goes from zero to 5.5 or that short period of time, that should be reflected in your portfolio. That is a completely different financial environment. If it is not, or it hasn't been, then you're not getting any value for the fees you're paying and you'd be better off sticking your money in Vanguard. Why? You're going to get the exact same results, less a management fee. Okay, now I'll get off my soapbox about that. Let's get back to the policy part of it. So why interest rates soak up liquidity is that if if you're doing that, if you're doing your job as a money manager, you reposition things. Like for instance, we pulled up parts of our clients' money out of our bond replacement strategy, which has several different parts to it. But we pulled some of that out and we bought some bonds. The clients were like, hey, why are we buying bonds? I thought bonds were bad. And I go, well, when they're paying us one and a half percent net of fees, they're bad. But we can get a risk-free five. We'll take it. Right? So what happens? So because of interest rates moving up, they become more attractive. People pull money out of risk assets. And they take, you know, think about the end of a market. You start getting a little worried, a little shaky. Market starts looking a little shaky. And you're like, hey, I've had a great run over the last 10 years. Let's pull 20 or 30% of that off and stick it in some bonds, right? It soaks up liquidity. So when you're, when you're raising rates, but you're pumping liquidity at the same time, like I've said a few times, it's like brushing your teeth while you're eating Oreos, right? You're undoing it just as fast as you're doing it in the first place. And so we sat back going, these guys are going to jerk around with this. And when we look at, at commercial real estate and we look at the structure of the loan books, you could see a wave of refinances in commercial real estate and commercial office space coming on in 2024. We had an unusually light amount of them in, in 2023, and it's probably due to the rate, the surge in rates at the end of 2018 when rates popped. Not huge surges and over. I sound like CNBC now. Surge, uh, but when rates pop, people probably you know probably quit refining and waited for rates to go down. And so you kind of had this air pocket for refis in twenty twenty three. But in twenty twenty four, you're making up for it in spades. And so what we were saying a year ago is if they jerk around with this and they run this liquidity, it's going to override the rate rate hikes, and we're going to see inflation reaccelerate. Well, here we are. Just just. Too hot inflation prints again, moving back up for the first time in seven months. And and what's concerning about that, and we're going to get into long-term implications, but what's concerning about that is the prospect of how do you fight inflation? Well, you got to raise rates. Well, if you raise rates to fight inflation this year, every quarter point that rates go higher equals more defaults coming out of the commercial real estate sector, period. So now the Fed's got a gun to both sides of their head. What are they going to do? This debate has raged on for a long time. It's something we've been talking about for a long time. Why have we been talking about for a long time? Because again, what does history teach us? Whenever you are engaged in something that is unsustainable, you will eventually discover that it's unsustainable. And it usually will force you into doing things that are even worse than what you were trying to avoid in the first place. And if you don't make a choice, not making a choice isn't making a choice. No, excuse me, not making a choice is making a choice. Because rather than making a choice, what you're deciding to do is to let conditions or other people make the choice for you. And it never works out as well. Unfortunately, that simple wisdom has been lost on these 
politicians and economists. So what is the Fed going to do? And I think Austin Goolsby, the former head economic advisor for the Obama administration, and I believe he did a little bit of time on the FOMC. I could be wrong about that. Maybe maybe he worked at the Treasury. Anyway, you guys have seen him on there, Austin Goolsby, especially under the Obama administration. And he came out the other day. Now, remember, he's not a part of the Fed, so but these guys all talk, right? And he came out the other day and he was saying something of basically kind of balking at inflation and, and kind of alluding to, <clears throat> you know, inflation being a little higher isn't a big deal. And it was and it was fascinating to me because for what have we heard over and over and over and over and over from the Fed? We are getting back to our two and a half percent target inflation rate. Where do they come up with that target? Who knows? Pulled it out of thin air, right? The other thing is I think it's kind of bizarre that they think that they can do everything they've done over the last four years and get back to a pre-COVID level of inflation. Talk about believing you can get the toothpaste back in the tube, right? Risk management, guys. Where you actually have somebody actively managing your portfolio, it's actually earning the fee. And if that interests you, which gosh darn it, I would think it would in times like these. Give us a call, 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com or capitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Do better in bull markets. Do better in bear markets. Pay less fees in all markets. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. You can subscribe to Zach's free newsletter, The Bulwark Insider Report, at knowyourriskradio.com. How many times in recent memory has your financial advisor not reacted to current events and also not made a change in your investment portfolio? Now, think about all the volatile events during that time that have threatened your retirement. That's Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Todd, we talk about it all the time. Risk management. It's our number one focus. We actively manage every portfolio daily, looking for opportunities to lower risk, lower cost, and give you as much upside as possible. Let us show you how Bulwark's risk management strategy can protect that retirement you've worked so hard for. This is exactly why you need Zach and Bulwark Capital in your corner. You only get one retirement. Learn how Bulwark does it with their free common sense investing guide. Call 866-779-RISK or simply go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Tech Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. All right. We are back. Thank you for sticking with us. For the longtime listeners of Know Your Risk Radio, this is my family members. It's four of you. No. <laughs> my mom never misses. Um, no, but for, 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 for the longtime listeners out there, this is going to be a little bit of a repeat. But I, I think it's so important because no matter how many times I address this, I keep hearing it over and over and over. And it's one of the scary things that happens because when things get wonky, like I think we can all agree that they are right now, right? Strange times. Right? The theories and the conspiracy theories and everybody starts talking about things. And usually the ones that are talking the loudest are the ones that know the least. And what ends up happening, we've all seen the examples of it. The weirder things get, the more weird the perceptions get, and the further away from reality most of us get. And it's hard to stay anchored. And you hear people say things that on the face of it sound impossible to, to, to be wrong. And, and printing money is a perfect example. If you're just printing money out of thin air and shoving it into the system, that's inflation. You're going to generate inflation, man. Now, this is a realization that I had to come to over several years because accepting this and looking at things the way they were as opposed to the way that I wanted them to be was very hard for me. Getting over the dogma that I had been taught was very hard for me. Uh, looking at things through a different light and trying to understand and, and where this all started for was coming out of 0809 when the government was printing and TARP was coming out. And I was dead set sure we were looking at runaway inflation, potentially hyperinflation, the spending. And guess what? Asset prices went up. And there was more inflation than what they told us, obviously. But the big inflation didn't hit. 
And that rocked my world. It literally, the old adage, it changed my religion. And it sent me on a journey over the next three years, trying to figure out what I'd missed. And it's the thing you find out about this business when you manage money is why you're right or wrong doesn't matter. What you think doesn't matter. It's a very binary job. You get it right or you don't. And so you just don't have the luxury of having sacred cows, right? You don't have the luxury of having these things that you believe that there's really no evidence to. You can't just say, well, it'll eventually show up because eventually you may not have any clients left. Right? So you got to look at things differently. It puts a, it puts a burr in your saddle. It's for my Texas folks down there, right? You like that little cowboy reference? Uh, (laughs) So, so what, what I found was that the world didn't work the way that I thought it did. What I found was that some currencies are not subject at the moment to those rules. Well, one currency isn't subject to those rules. And why is that? What am I talking about? The dollar. Now, I don't say this again to brag at all. I say this to build credibility because you guys desperately need to know this and you can disagree with me as much as you want, but you will eventually agree with me and I would like for you to agree with me before it costs you a lot of money. Okay? What the U.S. is doing right now does not guarantee an imminent dollar collapse. In fact, I don't think an imminent dollar collapse is possible. And why do I say that? Let's just start with the way currency valuations work. When you tell me the dollar is going to crash, what that means is that you believe the dollar is going down compared to other currencies. And if you are making a fundamental argument for why that is, then you need to show me a currency that you believe is more secure, run by a government that is doing things more sane, and that is a big enough currency to facilitate global trade. I will wait while you look for one. Still waiting. Surprise, there isn't one. Well, China, China has a closed currency system. If they opened up and tried to become the world currency, they would collapse their currency value. Okay, just forget about it. Europe, they got bigger issues than we do. How about Mexico? What do you want to talk? Brazil, where are you going to go? How about the Russian ruble? Well, the BRICS country, Zach. The BRICS, guys, now let's, now let's get into the structure of the system. And we got to go all the way back to World War II. At the end of World War I, we took the entire cost of the war and levied it against the German people. And they had a completely destroyed economy with no infrastructure. They had no other choice. In order to pay the bills, they had to print the money. Okay? That led to hyperinflation, the Weimar Republic, which directly led to Hitler being voted into power, which ushered in World War II. And to the credit of people at the time, they realized the mistake they had made. That literally the way that we handled the end or the conclusion of World War I was the foundational groundwork for World War II and one of the greatest atrocities in history. So let's not repeat that mistake. So after World War II, we had the Marshall Plan. Rather than levying it against the German people, we rebuilt Europe on the back of the U.S. dollar. Why? Because we were the only economy that was not shattered. Quite the other side of it, because the war effort, we were going great guns, and nobody else's infra- nobody else had any infrastructure. Right? Think of the damage that was done to Japan, China, Russia, all of Europe, Britain. Right? Economies were just decimated. Now, here was the catch: if we're going to finance it, what's going to protect us from not suffering the same, you know, the same fate that Germany did? Ah, we're going to make you the world reserve currency. And we're going to mandate that anytime people are trading commodities or goods across international borders, they have to settle those trades in U.S. dollars. So if you want to transact across borders, you got to go sell your currency and buy dollars. So what they effectively did was made the dollar the only currency that every government had to use. Makes sense, right? We're, we're going to rebuild it and, it and and to protect you guys from the inflation that the Germans felt in twenty or in, in the 20s. 
we're going to make you the world reserve currency. It becomes the one currency that everybody has to join in the world or have to own in the world in, in order to conduct trade. So the narrative you hear out there is, oh, these BRICS countries are getting together. They're forming another currency because they're worried about the dollar dropping. Let me ask you a question. If those countries have to use dollars to purchase things like oil, timber, pork bellies, etc., why are they afraid of a falling dollar? That means if the dollar drops 40%, it's a 40% tax cut on their entire economy. They, they boom. The formation or the talk of the formation, and it literally is that. It's just talk. Okay, again, for a plumbing reason. You, the BRICS, current, they can do whatever they want. It ain't overtaking the dollar. There's too many other issues. It is very hard to restructure a world. The U.S. still has too much strength. I'm not saying the dollar won't eventually collapse. Of course it will. It'll go the way that all fiat currencies do. But it's just not at all what people are saying, right? They're not doing that. The reason that they're discussing forming other currencies is because what if the dollar goes up? And for those of you that go, it can't go up. Let's go back and look at 2022. You can go back and listen to the podcast. We were sitting there telling people, look, inflation is ramping. You need to be long energy and long dollars. I, I And I'm not bragging. Okay, I'm really not. I'm trying to establish credibility so you guys won't believe the hacks out there that mean well, but are just talking out of, they're talking out of school. Why is it that we were the one of the only, and there's other guys that we've had on, and, and but why is it we were the ones saying, hey, because if the way that they say it works, works, we had the hottest inflation in 2022 that we've had in 40 years, and the dollar went ballistic to the upside. 25-year high it hit. Doesn't that completely shatter their theory? How do those two things live together? I'll tell you how. Because you had, a, you had an energy shortage. And the higher the, do, the higher oil went, company, countries needed more dollars to buy that oil. On top of it, rates were going up, so those dollars were paying them more. There was a rush into dollars. There was also panic about whether the interest rates could cause serious financial instability, which they did. The regional banks started blowing up, but nothing another 500 billion or 350 billion couldn't fix. Thank you, Fed. But dollar goes sky high. Because everybody has to have it. And when you're sitting there, we're printing money. So are they. So are they. Would you really, if, if, if you, I, I will listen to whoever said, oh, the dollar is going to collapse. Perfect. What's your dollar? What, what currency are you sitting in? What do you got in your account? Wait, did you re-denominate all your accounts to Chinese yuan? Where, where, where are you at? Oh, no, you own dollars too. Interesting. Is it fair? No. But, but what the real danger is to the U.S. dollar, it's not the dollar going down. If the dollar went down, you'd hear all this talk about a different currency. You'd hear it stop. That's not the issue. That's not what they're afraid of. They're afraid of two things. They're afraid of the dollar going ballistic. If the dollar if the dollar index goes to 125, we touched 116, 117 in 2022, and literally things started falling apart. It was getting nasty out there. You get to 125, the world implodes. Implodes. That's what they're protecting against. The other thing they're protecting against is political. They see what we just did to Russia in terms of blocking them out effectively from the from the international monetary system by sanctioning them and not allowing them to use our SWIFT system, not allowing them to bank, do all this kind of stuff. That's why they're doing it. It doesn't have anything to do with our deficits and our debt. They got worse deficits and debt. This is all about protecting their purchasing power and having a way to conduct business if they too get blocked out by us and protecting themselves against the dollar going parabolic. And I know it's not mentally fun. You want to, because that justice person, right? The, the justice seeker inside of you goes, but there's got to be caught. There will be, but it's not what they're saying. All these currencies are relative. Now, if you're telling me that you think the currency is going to quote unquote collapse against hard assets, entirely feasible. But when you say the currency is going to collapse, what you mean is against other currencies. And guys, it's not going to happen. But how we navigate a bubble 
especially when the threat is inflation. Remember, the only way to protect ourselves against inflation is growing our assets. So in a weird way, in a perverse way, you kind of need to participate in the bubble in some way. You know, you don't want to be in the heart of it and the stupid stuff, but right, things go up in price. We want to protect ourselves, but we have to do so with a layer, a, a layer of protection underneath us. And that really goes to the portfolio that we are in the process of working out right now. And it really is the only way that we think if, if we are right and this keeps going nuts, I, I really think it's the only way to protect our clients simultaneously from the downside while allowing them to benefit and protect themselves against rising inflation. And that is to keep a core holding of very secure, very stable value, right? Solid stuff, some treasuries, maybe some gold miners, maybe some gold, um, you know, some solid dividend payers that are undervalued, things like that. And then using options in small amounts, only buying them, not selling them. You sell an option, you've got unlimited downside, but using options to keep us up with the market and to provide downside coverage for when things pop. And the options have so much more oomph in them. We can hedge it to both sides. We can protect against runaway assets while keeping that net underneath us while using a very small amount of money. And I, and guys, I do, we're coming to this because I don't know of any other way. I just don't. And if that interests you, which it should, because you, look, could I be wrong? Yes. But if I'm not wrong and we keep running, you, again, inflation's still the issue. You still need to keep up with it. How do we do that while not getting risking getting run over and compromising our entire, our, our entire retirement, especially after we just benefited from the longest run? This is how we're doing it. And if that interests you, if you want to find out more, give us a call, 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Also, don't miss the interview we just put out with Rudy Havenstein. I think it's so valuable for people to understand the stuff we're talking about, the Fed, how it interplays into the markets, the economies. Got to go out of time. Don't miss that interview. We'll see you next week. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Thanks for listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham now at knowyourriskradio.com. Zach will be back with more Know Your Risk Radio next Saturday at noon on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.